now, it's Gardening Talkback with gardening specialist Scott Sharp. Welcome to Gardening Talkback on 2 FM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you back for 2019. Thank you. And we're, so, we're like almost two months into the year anyway. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It feels a bit strange saying welcome to 2019. Yeah, it does. But look, I haven't seen you. We've had a lovely catch-up this morning. Exactly right. Reliving our holidays. Yeah, found out what we did over Christmas and New Year. What a time. What a time. <laughs> what a time. The memories. The memories. <laughs> we just need some memory music in the background. We do. Like a harp. Yes, yeah, so to take us back to that yeah. time again. If we're going to remember him, we'll get go all wobbly. <laughs> Scott Sharp, what have you got for us today? Well, I thought we'd talk about crepe myrtles. They're out at the moment. Yep. Uh, another really beautiful tree that's out at the moment, the ivory curl tree. Uh, looking after your tomatoes as it gets a bit humid. And uh, what to do with your lawn at the moment? Right. Mine's dead. That's not good. Well, I man, it's not good. No, we'll get the things, the paddles, and try and resuscitate it. Oh, I don't have to mow it. That's the that's the bonus about it. Oh, I did yesterday. I had to do the edges. Uh, the every edges cloud has a, every cloud has a silver lining. Yeah. Now, Scott, you mentioned about our grass. Should be looking how we should be looking after it now. Yeah, because on Friday morning, uh, Mr. Sergeant, in the mm-hmm. breakfast show, yeah. asked me the question: the question, uh, what to do with his uh, lawn at the moment? Should he leave it long, or should he actually go out there and, and mow it? Um, yeah, because it was looking a bit scruffy. Apparently, I mean, he, I don't know what he's doing it to actually get it to grow at the moment. Because I've been looking around at most people's gardens, and lawns have just stopped. Yeah, well, pretty much my whole street's brown. Right, okay, so that's that's not good. You just need a couple of storms to come through your way and all of a sudden it'll, it'll go crazy. It'll through. Yeah. I, my my, uh, my yardstick is when I'm driving over the bridge at Carrington and I see that the pitch is still green on Connolly Oval, but everywhere else is just as brown and, and almost like a dirt patch around it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to see the cricket pitch is still green, though. It's good, yeah. You wouldn't be, want to be diving for those uh, you know big oh, catches no. out of the boundary at the moment. You'd lose, lose half your skin. You would, wouldn't you? Long sleeve shirts. Yeah, that's the and some shoulder pads and you know elbow pads as well. Elbow pads, yes. Very violent cricket, contact cricket. Yeah. So Todd said, "Oh, look, you know, should I be cutting uh, because it's looking a bit scruffy at the moment?" I said, "Look, yes, okay, but probably put your if you're going to mow your lawn at the moment just to tidy it up, just have it up on the highest setting, okay, and just give it a little you know run over the top because if you start cutting down into the you know into that leafy material that's on the grass at the moment, you'll actually expose the roots to even more sunlight." Any new shoots that do come up, they'll just burn off very quickly because there's, okay. you know, it's too hot at the moment. There's no rain, uh, so you just have to be a little bit careful. Um, just keep it nice and, and long. My, I've always advocated that uh, you know you should keep your um, grass fairly long anyway. Always just have it at the highest setting, uh, and uh, just mow it at that. It always looks tidy. It just is a bit more spongy underfoot. Sponge underfoot. Sponge on, yeah, very nice. Yeah. Oh. I always keep it very low, though. I think my setting is quite low. Well, okay. Now, there's the other danger of keeping it low. If you start scalping, you're actually exposing dirt uh, and the roots of the of the grass, but it also allows weeds to get in there. So oh, if you're right. keeping your, your lawn nice and long, it actually sort of chokes out the bindies and other yep. sorts of weeds getting in there. So I think it's really important to try and keep your lawn as long and as neat as possible. Yep. Um, yeah, look, the other thing you probably shouldn't do is a mow without the catcher. Uh, because what happens there is that just goes back out into the grass and you get this thing called thatching where that uh, you know material just settles down um, you know builds together over time and then it starts to raise the uh, this like the level of the lawn up uh, it can also uh, promote uh, you know fungal growth as well in the lawn if you're doing that so I'd always suggest mowing with the catcher mow at the highest setting keep it nice and tidy and uh, yeah all will be well all those things, I do not do. No, oh, look. No catcher. I, I could see that in your face. I could, I could see that then. 
No, you're just going, at all, straight through. You were just going more and more vacant as, as I looked at as, as I went along. I've got heaps of weeds in my front lawn there. It, it could be. So if you get bare patches, you know, that scalping effect yep. you get on lawn, then the weeds, the seed can get in there and just yeah, off it goes. Right. Yeah. So high setting. Yep. Not too high. Not too well. Look, I, I think you can go the highest setting if you want to. There's no right. reason you can't. Okay. It still tidies it up. It yep. just leaves it a bit spongy underfoot. Oh yeah. You'll be able to, you know, sort of go out there. You won't have to wear your, your Crocs or your whatever, <laughs> your Birkenstocks. You just, you'll just be able to sort of almost float out to the clothesline, float out to get the newspaper in the morning. Oh, and just glide across. Yeah. I could probably dive. You probably could, couldn't yeah, you? grass swimming. Yeah, you won't have to have your elbow pads on it when you're diving because the catch is out there in backyard cricket. Not all, probably a little snooze, a bit yeah. of sleep on the grass. <laughs> We've got a call from Gillison Heights and it's Dawn and she's got a question about Hoya. Hello, Dawn. How can we help you? Um, yes, Scott. I have a hoy, um, or hoya, whatever you yeah, hoya, want. Yeah. Yes, yes. But I've had it for 40 odd years, at least, in one pot, in a rather, oh, I suppose about eight inches across. Yep. And I've taken it out because the leaves are very droopy, but it's got lots of flowers going all over the fernery. But I'm just wondering, it's very root bound, and what what to do with it to bring it back to life a bit? Or is it too old? Oh, no, no. Look, no, look. you're never too old, Dawn. You're never too old. I, <laughs> I can vouch for that. <laughs> yeah, so what What will I do about it? And what could I feed it with? Yeah, so look, you, you can certainly uh, feed it. I'd, I'd use a liquid fertiliser on a Hoya. Uh, mm-hmm. Go and get one like Thrive or Flourish and, and give it a, a try with that. Right. Uh, so, yeah, like, look, you could use a little bit of, uh, you know, something like dynamic lift, just a gentle sprinkle um, mm. of a few pellets into it, but I'd probably stick with the liquid fertilisers on your Hoya. Look, right. uh, if you're going to repot it, if it is a really pot-bound, they like a uh, like a really rich, free-draining type of soil. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, look, I'd, I'd be, be more inclined to go and get a very good quality potting mix. Well, I bought that. I did get that. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I've got that too, but I haven't started... Okay. <laughs> with anything. Mm-hmm. So you can repot it. Uh, just uh, what I, I wouldn't do, though, is tease those roots apart. People often, you know, want to pull it out of the pot and start to tease mm-hmm. the roots. I'd yeah. steer clear of doing that. The most you might do is sort of get your hands on there, the palms of your hands, and just give it a gentle rub uh, around mm-hmm. the roots just to free them up a little bit, but certainly not, you know, getting in there with your fingers and pulling them out and trying to mm-hmm. make a, you know... Uh, get rid of that soil and that uh, that uh, you know that root bound. Yeah, uh, so they don't rub. like having their roots uh, disturbed too much. No, do they? no, just a gentle rub around the outside yes. of that, that root ball, uh, back into a really good potty mix. Uh, plenty mm. of water again. Uh, you might find that that's why it's looking a bit droopy at the moment. It is very dry and very hot. Yeah. Uh, and because it is a bit root bound, it's having difficulty, uh, you know, absorbing water up. Uh, you know, because there's not just not much soil in the mm-hmm. in the root ball for it to uh, to use. So, and how long do they live for? Like it's at least forty years old. Yes, flowering well. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, that's a question I actually haven't got the answer to. Uh, I always <laughs> say with plants that you know just you know, keep on going as as long yeah. as they do. Uh, some mm-hmm. plants are you know like a wattle; they're very short lived. You know, seven yeah. to eight years, and that'll do them. Uh, other plants obviously will live you know hundreds and hundreds of years. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I think if you've been if you've been looking after it, uh, don't sort of discard it just because you think it's going to be a bit too old. Keep on looking mm. after it. Um, keep it in the position that it's in. That's always the main thing. Yes. And uh, really, they are a very attractive plant. Uh, look, uh, the other thing is sometimes here in Newcastle, I think it gets a little bit uh, cold uh, in winter for them. 
because they are actually more of a tropical plant, India, Thailand, uh, Malaysia, Vietnam, you know, those sort of tropical areas. Yeah. Uh, so in winter they do get, a, you know, if you can protect them in some way from any, you know, like the frost or the cold settling. Yes, on, well, they're in yeah. a, under a fernery, so and, and growing well it is, like it's all over the fernery, the flowers and everything, but just the leaves were so... Sick looking. <laughs> yeah, look, I think a repot's going to be the way to go, and then some liquid fertilizer for you. Okay, thank you very much, Scott. Okay, not a problem, Dawn. You have a nice right. afternoon. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. And we've got Yvonne from Morpeth, and she's got a question about the emu tree. Yes, Scott. Hey, Scott. hey, Yvonne, how can we help you? I just wondered, did you um, say something about water wise um, plants like wattle and uh, bottle brush, and then you mentioned an emu tree? Is that right? Uh, look, I, I, I could have. There's no doubt about, you know, look, no doubt about the emu bush. It is actually a very a nice... emu bush. I just wanted to know, Scott, what it was. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's called Eremophila is the botanical name. Mm-hmm. And it is a really beautiful little plant. I don't exactly know why it's like called the emu bush because it has these mm-hmm. funny purple flowers all over it. Mm-hmm. So I've never seen a purple emu before. No, I haven't either. No, I've seen a couple <laughs> of them in the wild, but uh, never seen a purple one. So, yeah, it's, look, it's called Eremophila, and it does do very, very well uh, as a dry-tolerant plant. Uh, oh, yes, so, yes. look, they don't like the humidity either. Uh, where are you at? You're up in Morpeth, Yvonne. So. I'm, a, I'm in Morpeth. We've got lots of humidity, actually. So. Yeah, so look at... How, how big do they grow? Oh, look, they don't get very big at all. I would say, uh, you know, like our height, 1.8 to 2 metres. They're not a oh, huge growing okay. bush. Yeah, they're not a tree. They're yeah, more of a shrub than anything. They're more of a shrub than anything, yeah. right. I, yeah. I, I guess the only trouble with them... Uh, you have to be careful with humidity, as I said, and yeah. pruning, any, pruning any native, it's always, you know, a little bit uh, difficult doing that. You can never prune hard into natives. You just have to really yeah. give them a shave over the top if yeah, you're going to give yeah. it a prune. Well, I've got a couple of them and I really don't do much with them at all, really. Yeah, but look, again, they are a very good drought-tolerant plant. Yeah, um, they are. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, it's yeah. Eremophila, emu bush, uh, with a beautiful purple flower, if you want to give it a try. I will. Okay, good on you, Yvonne. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Oh, we got Don from but now, and he's got a question about cuttings. Don, how can we help you, mate? G'day, Scott. Um, I've got a yucca that's really doing well, mm-hmm. and at the base is starting to shoot again. Can I take cuttings off that and, and propagate them? Yep, go for it, mate. Uh, so you can, you can cut them. It'll just shoot from, you know, where you've cut it out that's still in the ground. Then those cuttings, you can just put them into a pot or stick them in the ground, and they'll go off for you again as well. Awesome. This thing's going berserk, so I yeah. will do that. Now, the only, prov- uh, of, the only proviso I have with... Uh, look, you probably don't even need that. Wow. To tell you the truth, they'll, they'll just look after themselves. The only proviso I'd say with yuccas is make sure that uh, where you're going to you know, put them and let them grow, don't let them near paving, uh, you know, pretty much anywhere you want to dig them out. Fencing, because they do get a mm-hmm. really big woody butt on them. They can get quite large over time. Yep. Uh, and so that big woody sort of butt trunk area can really do some damage as it spreads out and pushes against things. So just make sure you've got it a little bit away from, uh, you know, your house, uh, any fencing, any paving, uh, because you don't want to damage that. Excellent. Thank you. Okay. It's good on you, Don. Have a nice afternoon, mate. Have a great day. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. Short and sweet then. Yeah. Straight to it. That's how we like it. And look, yuccas are such a tough, easy plant to top propagate. Uh, he's, he's not going to have any problems doing that. Even if you, you know, cut a six-foot length, of the yucca, you could actually yep. cut that into three, four, five pieces if you wanted to and have a oh, okay. lots, so of, lots of little babies from it. You could go mental, essentially, with the cutting. You could, you could, yeah. Not Very, quite. N- not quite, but yeah, you could get many, many out of them.
It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are at FM. A question for Scott Sharp. You can give us a call on 49216216. And we've got Margaret from Waters Bay. She's got a question about rhubarb. Hey, Margaret, how can we help you? Um, yes, I bought a, some rhubarb plants. Yes. And um, they promised me they'd always be red, but they've always been green. And I did go back and they said that if I put firewood ashes in the soil, I'm, I'd probably be red next season. Is there anything else? Because I can't find any firewood ashes. Yeah, so you could probably get some, just go and get some charcoal if you wanted to and use it that way. Charcoal. Yeah, uh, look, this is the thing. Uh, people, you know, you go and buy the rhubarb. It often looks red on the packet and, you know, it's, it's marketed as being that. And generally it is going to stay red, but often people get it and it uh, does change colour over time and you go, it goes back to green. It still tastes exactly the same. It just has, doesn't have that red uh, colour that people like for their cooking. Uh, so, look, yeah, I've, uh, some charcoal just added to the soil. Usually callers call in and remind me. There are some other methods to use as well, but I have forgotten them, unfortunately, with the passage uh-huh. of time. So if anyone's out there listening and can remind me about how to, to turn rhubarb uh, red colour again, I'm, I'm sure there's a couple of different methods to, uh, to actually do that. So that would be fantastic. Yes, I thought there must be. Yeah. Okay. okay, so keep on listening in. I'm sure someone will call up with a couple of handy hints about that. Thank you. Okay, thanks that, Margaret. Cheers. We've got Bev now from Toronto, and she's got a question about bananas and cucumbers. Oh, two different plants completely. Bev, how can we help you? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I've got some cucumbers that I, I planted late, or must have been about a month ago there now, and um, they were put in the seeds, but they're in an area where they don't get the morning sun, mm-hmm. But they get the hot afternoon sun. Okay. So um, it you know it comes over because there's a tree you know that shades them. Yes. Um, So when the hot afternoon sun's on, I've got about five plants up. Um, I put another plant that'll give them a little bit of protection from that direct heat. But they've come on okay. But I noticed today they've got tiny, tiny little flowers on them, and goodness, they're only about. Six inches high. <laughs> so they're starting a little bit too early, are they? Yeah, I yeah. thought so because, um, I mean, they couldn't sustain anything. No, they can't. And, and also, I wonder if there was something I could put on there to strengthen them because the leaves don't look a nice, you know, greeny colour. Mm. They're okay. sort of going a bit yellow. Yeah, so look what... I, and, and that's probably because they're putting on the flower as well. They're sucking all of the nutrient out of the soil and out of the plant just to try and create flowers. I'd actually go and pick those flowers off at the moment. And then, uh-huh. and because they're such a quick-growing plant, I would go and get a liquid fertilizer like, uh, you know, Thrival Flourish, and mix that up in the watering can and water that all over. It will be absorbed in through the root system and through the foliage of the plant, and uh, uh-huh. keep on doing that according to the instructions. You should be able to do that uh, every week, but make sure you do it according to the instructions, and uh-huh. uh, that will really get them going nice and quickly for you. No, sea wouldn't do. Sea is good for the root system of plants, but not necessarily for the you know the green leafy growth, and that's what you want to happen mostly with your cucumbers at this point in time. Mm, I, I guess yeah. you know you've probably left them a little bit too late, um, mm. but you've got them now, so there's no harm in you know trying to mm. pump them up with some steroids and you know get them growing as quickly as possible before it uh, turns cool on us. Yes, good. Well, the bananas, um, I've got a sort of. Um, a group of them down there and some of them are pretty old and I've got about four bunches on now but uh-huh. they're all small and my, my husband was the big gardener but um, 
now for a couple of years he hasn't been able to do it and um, I, I just googled and I found out they've got to have water and they've got to have manure so I'm wondering how much water and how much manure uh, yeah, look, I, I've always found bananas being fairly self-sufficient, especially once they've got to a size, you know, that you know they're, that they're getting fruit on them and they're quite large. Uh, you look, you can go and water them, maybe stick the sprinkler on there for, you know, ten or fifteen minutes and just let it sort of soak into that area, because you'd find mm. if you actually were to go and chop one of them down, they're they're very good at absorbing moisture in from the soil, mm. especially when they're that yeah. large. Uh, look, as mm. far as manure goes with them. Uh, Look, I'd probably just get some cow manure on the bananas and sprinkle that mm. around. Uh, look, depending mm. on how big the the uh, you know the, the sort of the, the crop is that you've got, you could use a whole bag mm. if you wanted to and just water that in mm. around the place. Mm-hmm. But right. Again, uh, yeah. Look, you're getting the bananas on there now. Um, you need them to mm. ripen up now because as obviously as it cools off, then you won't be able to uh, get them to ripen properly. So uh, mm-hmm. often people will put uh, some plastic around them to help them. Uh, to help mm. them ripen, you know, they put that plastic bag sort of situation around them. Uh, it's usually mm. open at one end as well, just to let them breathe a little bit, but uh, yeah. it keeps the uh, fruit fly yeah. off as well. Yeah, oh, good. Oh, well, thanks very much. I shall do that. Okay, not a problem. You have a nice afternoon. Good, thank you. Okay, thanks, thank Peter. You. Bye-bye. I was about to say with a plastic bag, make sure you have one end open. Yeah, yeah, have to let it breathe, here, yeah, most definitely. Otherwise, it would yeah. assume it would kill it. Well, yeah, it just gets all hot and mushy in there. Be like eating like mushed up bananas after a while, wouldn't you? Sort of mushed up green bananas. Oh, yeah, you don't want pre mushed bananas. Oh no, definitely not. No, not at all. <laughs> it's guarding talk back on to where you are. FM. We've got Diana from Singleton. She's got a question about clivias. Yes. How can we help you, Diana? Yes. Well, I, I just want to know if I can get something to spray the all on the end of the leaves. They're brown, about two inches right up the end of the leaves. Yeah. And I'd need a systemic spray, but I was wondering if I could get one that I didn't have to mix up. Uh, look, you, you probably need to mix up a systemic spray, but I, I'm just questioning why you think you need to spray. If they're brown on the end of the leaves, generally that's they've dried out a little bit or they're getting a little oh, bit too much. Oh, that's what sun. it is. Yes, yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily be going and, uh, you know, start spraying. Uh, the only thing that clivias can get, uh, they will get a grub that comes in and strips them away, but you know that that's yes, attacking yes, them. Yes, I know, yeah, yeah, the other thing, Oh, well, that's just dryness in there, yeah, I think. Yeah, I'd just make sure they're well watered, especially because it's so, so dry at the moment. Look, sometimes they can get mealy bug deep down inside yes, them. Yes, I know that, yeah. Well, yeah. how can I get rid of that just with the... Uh, I would get a, a watering can, get some malathon and mix it malathon up and actually off. drench it down through there. Yeah. And yeah. just let it soak down in, into those crevices down in the in the leaf base. Yes, yeah. All right, thank you. Okay, thanks, Donna. Thank you, bye. bye. And we've got Barbara from Heat and Greeter and she's got a question about... Dracia? Dracina. Dracina. Oh, all my phonetic spelling there didn't help you at all, did it? No, <laughs> <Maybe> well, <laughs> I was too excited after I got Clivia's right and... <laughs> oh, I've got it! I've got it here in big writing for him and everything, and he, he still hasn't got it right. Panic <laughs> 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 It's a bit of a hard one to remember. Uh, how can uh, we help you with the pub? What it is, I've had it about twenty years, but all of a sudden, over the last six months, it started. The leaves started to fall. Yeah. And but now, I, I did repot it because I thought it actually may have had um, curl grub in the bottom with the black beetles that have been around yeah, sure. but it was quite clean mm-hmm. but the leaves it's to describe it they're red edge mm-hmm. then cream then green they tend to it's hard to they go brown and very limp from the edge and they gradually work right up the leaf 
and I just don't know what to do with it. I don't want to lose it. I've trimmed it back, thinking, but even some of the new shoots are getting it all. It's happening to So them. when the leaves, are, those new ones are coming out, are they slightly deformed in any way? No. Nope. No, the, the, no the, the I've end? gone all, all over it looking for um, sooty mould uh-huh. or anything like that. Um, mealy bug, can't find anything on it. But they just get to about, oh, what, five, five centimetres out mm-hmm. and then it just goes limp and they eventually fall off. So, yeah, the Crescinus can get uh, mealybug uh, and usually, like we were talking uh, to uh, Diana from Singleton, they're, they're deep down in the crevice of the leaves uh, and so it sort of falls off. You might see some of the white um, sort of cotton woolies type stuff in there. No, in I'm there. here now with it. I can't <laughs> find a thing and I can't find sooty mould, which I did find on it about 12 months ago. Well, maybe you should put it on the phone and we'll just ask the question of it directly. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the easy way around it. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just... Now, when I repotted two weeks ago, how long would it take to recover from that? Uh, look, did, did you damage it in any... Like the root ball in any way? Or did it... Was it a nice I tried cream? not to, okay. um, but it, we did go back into the same pot yeah. um, with lots of new... Scots fertilite yeah. um, soil around it. Scots soil around it, yes. Yeah. Um, and I did read where they don't like uh, tap water because they don't like chlorine. Yes, that, that's correct. Some plants don't like uh, you know the flu- the fluoride as well in the water. That mm-hmm. uh, seems to affect them. Well, uh, um, but immediately. But admittedly, it's been getting that for twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now giving it tank water but you know i just didn't know whether there's anything else i could do yeah look look what i would do i would go and uh, get uh, some sort of systemic spray and give it a spray just in case there's some red spider mite on there uh, that can uh, make the leaves fall off the dracaenas. Uh, look, that would also treat if there's any mealybug sitting in there as well. Uh, I should have asked if it's got uh, like funny spots coming on the leaves because they can get a fungal disease. It's not very prevalent with them, uh, but they sort of just get a spotting on the leaves, which can be a fungal disease. Is anything no, they like look that? very healthy. Okay. And then, as I said, they just seemed to go from the tips. I thought it was getting too much sun, so it was moved in out of the sun. It was only getting early morning. Um, But I'm running my fingers over it. There's nothing coming off at all. And uh, I've even been at it with a magnifying glass, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I I I don't want to lose it, but it... I'm not hopeful at the moment. <laughs> yeah, so just just keep on watering it as normal. Don't worry about fertiliser at the moment because that'll just stress the plant out too much. Uh, try and keep it in its usual position. Don't go sort of moving it around, just full sun, you know, shade. Just try and keep it in one spot and leave it there. And then I'd go and grab a systemic spray and give Such it a... Such sp- uh, Look, there's a whole lot of different ones that you can get on the market. Uh, you, if, it's not, if it's only one plant you're doing, you just get one that's already pre-mixed up. Uh, and, and give it a spray there. Always make sure there's no bees around. There's probably not going to be around your Dracaena, um, but just make sure, you know, there's no bees around in the area and then just give it a spray and uh, probably follow that up in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, bees, while you're talking, yeah, you said that about bees. Are bees mainly around during the day? Is there any morning... Are they? Can you get out early in the morning? I'm very allergic to them and we have a lot of them at the moment. 
Yeah, um, look, mostly they are out during the during the morning and uh, into the day. Um, once you get into the afternoon, they sort of head back uh, to the hive again. The hive. Yeah. Okay. Look, uh, uh, I I've got a lot of bees around at the moment. Yeah. And yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't know that was just something I wanted to know before I got in amongst them. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Scott. That's you all have right. a lovely afternoon. Not a worry. You have a nice one too, Barbara. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. We've got Pauline now from Waiyi Point, and she's got a question about the jade tree. Pauline, how can we help you with it? Hi, Scott. Um, I've got a um, a jade. It is very old. I've got it off an old ma- a man about ten years ago, but I think it's been in this black plastic pot for. Uh, it, it's uh, very old. Okay, beyond it's, beyond the realms of time, almost. <laughs> yeah, it's um, twenty inches across the top of the pot. Yes, and the whole thing. Stands at fifty-two inches high. Does that? And I'd like to repot it and put it into a nicer pot. Uh, any? Is it going to cark it on me? Or? Oh no, no. It'll probably be much happier for that. So look, certainly do that. Get a nice, uh, you know, uh, potty mix to put it in. It doesn't really matter about your potty mix with the jade tree. They're a very tough plant, um, but you might as you might as well go as good as you can because it's going to be in that pot for some time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just any any potting mix or yeah, look not it, a yeah, any potty mix, I wouldn't be too concerned. Don't go. I wouldn't look. You could get a uh, like a, a succulent potty mix, but uh, look, I'll, honestly, I've seen jade put into anything and they'll survive. You might just give it a light prune back. Uh, oh, right, eh? Yeah, just a very yeah. light prune over the top, not a great deal, just to tidy yeah. it up a little bit. And yeah. uh, look into the pot and then just water as normal. Don't overwater it. There's no real need to do so. Um, just to I don't ju- think I've ever watered it in the whole time I've had it. Well, it's going to get a big surprise then, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, the th- other thing with jade is they don't like sitting in a saucer of water, so just make sure that there's no saucer with that pot, or even if, if there is, uh, that you're not just letting it sit in that and soak up water because it will get uh, wet roots and then it won't be very happy. Okay, thanks very much. Not a problem. Thanks for that, Pauline. Okay. Great help. Bye. Bye-bye. Are you, Pauline? I think we've got time for one more call. Yeah, we'll squeeze one in. And we've got Kath from Adamstown, and she's got a question about a... Pito sporum or petostrum, some people petostrum. call them. Oh, look, I'll take either one from you. Any, any wins a win today. Yeah. <laughs> I can only go up from here on you. <laughs> Kath, how can we help you? That one, isn't it? Um, uh, we have had... I've, I'm about to replace my second um, one we planted probably... First one we planted probably more than 12 months ago. Replaced it. This one was looking beautiful. Same thing. It's just... It's just turned up its toes. It's in a row. It's in a, a row of probably six. And, yeah, we when we replaced the first one, we did the soil up really nice and, put, and was growing beautifully, and now it's gone as well. Yeah, look, they... Any, clue, any clues? Yeah, small-leaf petostrums can be a touchy plant, and unfortunately people do... You know, they don't grow them singularly. They always have them in a, in a hedging row. Mm. And then they will just turn up their toes and die on you. And there's no way of getting them back. It, it is a fungal disease they get. They don't like the humidity here in Newcastle. Yeah. And that's why around this time of year, that's when they start to, to give up the ghost on you. The only thing you could do is spray preventatively with a fungicide to see if that keeps things under control for you. But uh, generally, once they start to curl their leaves up, that that's it for them. Um Look, the problem with petostrums, uh, I'm not exactly sure where you bought it, but uh, there is a large uh, sort of barn chain of of sort of stores that uh, actually buy nationally and they don't necessarily think about the local conditions for the plants that they're selling. Uh, And that particular mob, um, they 
when they first started out and they came here to Newcastle, they were just selling petrostrums left, right and centre. Local nurseries never sold them here in Newcastle because we know they didn't grow very well. Uh, and look, you see these plants going very well down in Victoria where there's no humidity. The petostrums, they do very, very well down there. But here in Newcastle, unfortunately, they can just die like yours are. They Sometimes they'll just keep on growing and I've known people who have had great success with them. But sometimes they just they just do give up the ghost like that. And it, it is because of the humidity here in Newcastle. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, so that's, yeah, that's my Thanks, rant for the day. But uh, look, just... No, uh, look- that's fine. I've got, all my other ones are beautiful. Great, it's okay. Just, in the same spot. <laughs> but look, we will persist and we'll, yeah, hope for less humid weather. Okay, and just spray preventatively with a fungicide like yeah. copper oxychloride. Okay? Yeah, okay. Terrific. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Kath. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Seems like you're glad you got that off your chest. Oh, look, it, it was a problem for that large, um, you know, sort of nursery chain, hardware chain, Yep. Um, you know, they, they were doing that and uh, just inappropriate plants and people were happily out there buying them, uh, putting them in and they just, you know, they just die. I mean, they're fant- fantastic plant down in Victoria where there's no humidity or out in, the, you know, more country regions. Uh, you know, they do make a very nice screening plant, but uh, here they will just do this for people and people get disgruntled about it, unfortunately. Yeah. Fair enough. Yep. And then I get to have a rant. <laughs> Scott Sharp, thank you very much, but we're out of time for another week. Okay. See you then. Glad to have you back. Back next week? And, you know, I'll, I'll try to be. Of course I will be. Excellent. Okay. Gardening Talkback on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.